DJ Simulationistas, sup, with Dr. D, Dan Raymer, and Dr. J, Janice Palaganis, coming at you from the Center for Medical Simulation in Boston, Massachusetts. So buckle up your mannequin, and let's roll. Okay, welcome to DJ Simulationistas Sup with Dan Raymer and the ever delightful Janice Palaganis. What's up, Dan? Sup, Janice. So uh, I haven't talked to you in a while. Um, what's new? So I've been going around Boston. Boston's like the brain center of the world. Sorry, everyone else, but. I just am starting to realize that and just feel it. And I just love how there's always these like free workshops that we can go to Uh with these expert speakers. And so I just went to a workshop given by Jillian Todd. She's part of the Triad Consulting Group, um, which is Sheila Heen's group on difficult conversations. And they did a workshop at MGH. And I've been meaning to go to one of her workshops um, and felt... Uh, it was just great going. So anyway, uh-huh. she, it's she gave this workshop and she just kind of briefly um, mentioned this one sentence. And as you know, I've got a real focus now on previewing because I'm working on my own personal previewing, which is as you enter a conversation, kind of giving a headliner as to what you're about to talk about, like signposting throughout your conversation because I realized that I, I jump in my... Um, conversations and and want to keep kind of people following along with me. And so I've been really working on that. And in her lecture, she had, uh, or in her workshop, she had talked about a difficult conversation she had with her sister, which was really interesting. She had mentioned briefly, if I had or began the conversation another way, and then she gave an example of how she would have started that conversation. Then it would have been a different conversation with better outcomes, at least Maybe. we presume. Maybe. Mm-hmm. What was interesting was the example that she provided prior to that example. She had a slide where you could talk about, you would, you would think about what is my contribution to the negative emotions in this conversation, and what is your contribution to the negative emotions in this conversation, and what may be other people's contributions. Her example, I don't know if she completely realized, because we did have a conversation afterwards, the example that she provided that she thought would really change the dynamic of the conversation, had she previewed it that way, included everything that she had listed in my contributions. Hmm. And so what I thought was really interesting in this, and it's something, and and I want to share with you my current line of thinking, because I'm interested in what you're thinking, Dan. As you know, I'm really passionate about the role of vulnerability in teaching and learning. And we don't currently teach previewing to include vulnerability. And I think that's an important role in opening the door for other people to be, you know, whomever you're speaking with, to be more honest, more transparent, more more vulnerable in that conversation and really help the negative emotions that could carry into that conversation. 
So for example, it could be if I was having a difficult conversation with you right now over Skype, I would say, you know, maybe Skype's not the best venue for this. I really should be doing this in person. Um, and I really, you know, maybe I shouldn't be bringing it up in this very moment. So putting your contribution into what, you know, the outcome of this conversation might be. Does that make sense? Um, so so it, it makes sense uh, in an abstract way. I'm just trying to think about, you know, if I was doing a debriefing and I had a clinical situation, what this might look like, and maybe you can help me with it. So let's say I just watched a simulation and uh, it involved an arrest and someone failed to do chest compressions uh, adequately. And so in some ways, that would be a difficult conversation for me to bring up in a group setting sure. that someone failed to perform, failed to do their job. Sure. And so I guess I'm thinking, so my vulnerability, my contribution to the feelings are, it kind of is difficult for me to bring this up because I feel like I'm really putting you on the spot, but I noticed that you didn't do chest compressions when someone said, you know, Janice, can you do some chest compressions? They didn't appear to me that you started on time and, and at an adequate rate. I'm, I'm curious about that. Sure. So, I, I think that so, shows a little fallibility in being the inquirer of that question. I think also it could be, um, you know, sharing the fallibility of of being the observer. You know, I can't say what I would have done in that moment and if I mm -hmm. would have done it perfectly right, you know? So previewing with what your contribution might be to any kind of negative emotions during that conversation. It's interesting because I, I can see that there's a, you know, there's a flip side to it where it can be taken maybe too far or be interpreted in the opposite way. Sure. If I make a statement like that, it's kind of giving a meta message to the receiver that that it's going to be really hard for me to be honest with you because of my own weaknesses uh -huh. and my own, you know, my own emotions are in the way of me being an honest arbiter of your performance. And you need to count on me to be honest and direct with you, even if it's painful. You know, making a clinical analogy, uh -huh. um, you know, if, if I were an oncologist and, and I said to a patient, you know, this is so hard for me to even tell you this, um, you know, you have a stage four or whatever, uh, it just seems like that's, that's a kind of a squishy platform to kind of be the, the strength that people need from someone who is giving them feedback. So I, I just it just worries me a little bit to put too much of that vulnerability up front. What, what do you think of that? I, I think you're hitting on, on some topics that we've talked about in previous uh, podcasts, like empathy and having authenticity to what you're saying. And, and I think those two are at play and I don't see anything wrong with that. If it's if you are truly empathic, um, I think it does show empathy. And if you're truly authentic in what you're saying, and you and, and it's coming from a place that is 
honest, I think that that's, I think that's wonderful. And I think it's much more well-received than scripting or not acknowledging how you're feeling. I, I think it brings a humanistic element in the communication that allows them to be human in their response. Now, and honest. And, and I would say, I think what also what you're talking about is credibility and, you know, how much, what's the balance of being vulnerable and putting your contributions in that preview that might take a hit on credibility and what's the importance of credibility in terms of when you're asking that initial question. So I really like what you're saying because I love the, you know, the honesty part and the transparency of it. I, I think what it requires is, you know, really being in touch with your own your own feelings, your own emotions, because I could just feel myself in a debriefing thinking, Janice told me I need to be more <laughs> empathetic to this person, even though, you know, in truth, I'm probably not all that worked up about it because I've seen hundreds of people make this same mistake. And so, you know, is it really difficult for me? And do I really need to show my vulnerability? Because generally I have some, but in specifically in this case, not so much. And, yeah. You know, I could just feel myself wrestling with how how much vulnerability do I have and how much do I show? And, and, and that's, that's tricky. Yeah. So like when, when should you bulk up your preview to include your contributions and when shouldn't you? I, I do think that, that there are times when it, you don't need to, like if you're just kind of organizing the conversation and keeping them in line with where you're going, Maybe you don't need to at all, but if it's a sensitive topic, if it's a difficult conversation, perhaps it's advantageous to preview with your contributions. Now, Dan, what's really interesting is when you said, oh, I have concerns about that, I completely jumped and assumed what you meant. And I'm glad that my assumption was wrong because I think what you brought up was really interesting. I was thinking there are times when I have started naturally a preview with my contributions and then you come across that learner or that recipient that's like, yeah, yep, you should have. (laughs) 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 And you you almost can't teach people to put their contributions in the preview if they're not ready to tackle that response, right? So, so have you come across that and how do you deal with it? You know, I think, you know, the amplification of people's emotions in the debriefing setting is always impressive. (laughs) And I think that, you know, people really do feel on the spot, their identity is really on the line, uh, and they will react and overreact to just about anything you say. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to the extent that you can do it, one can do it, I think aligning with them and expressing vulnerability when you sense they have vulnerability expressing your own vulnerability i think can be helpful in getting on their side i think when they challenge your vulnerability i think you have to double down on it i I think you have to go there really yeah 
Wait, so if you started a difficult conversation with me uh-huh. and you said, you know, Janice, I need to give you feedback. Yeah, this is... Maybe I'm not the right person to give you feedback and is... maybe I didn't see everything and I don't know everything and this is what I saw. And then my response is, yep, you were not there. You didn't see any of it and you should not be the person giving me feedback. How would you respond to that? I guess I would agree with that part. Oh, I'm greatly relieved, Janice, because I had a sense that maybe I didn't have this right. And I think it's really important because other people, you know, saw what happened there. And I, I think it's important that we all be able to interpret it from your eyes. So can you just tell me a little more about that? Oh, so you stick with getting at their frames. I, I would stick with getting at their frames and I would double down on the part that I already that I already said, you know? That, yeah. Okay, so let me tell you about a reaction I have and I need mentorship here on how to deal with it. So the reaction I have when this happens to me is it takes me off guard because if I'm being vulnerable, I it's almost like I, I expect that the other person be vulnerable too. Like, you know, our whole, I think it's your phrase, like, I'll show you my cards if you show me yours. And if they don't show me their cards, like I get a little bit eh, like annoyed. And then I start giving them, like, I want to speak for them. Like, oh, well, maybe you could have. <laughs> <laughs> So so I should just bite my tongue at that point? I think you should speak from your own place. Name and, the dynamic. Name the dynamic and how that makes you feel. You know, does that make you feel better or does that make you feel more confused or worse or uh, more upset or less upset? And, and I think, you know, we all own our own feelings and... Uh, you know, when you, when you're under pressure, it's something you can honestly talk about. And by showing that honesty, I think the, you know, recipient of that feedback has got to respond to it on some level. If they, if they are very guarded and they don't give you an answer back that you are kind of looking for, you have to question, you know, or why are you looking for particular answers? They're telling you who they are, where they're at. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you just kind of have to be satisfied with that and not not always expect that it's a comfortable interchange. Well, it's interesting because then you're shifting the conversation now from one topic to you know, more of like a factual feedback topic to a relationship topic. And I guess I would have to preview (laughs) that shift to the relationship topic. Yeah, I think that can be a good move. I like what you're saying about this and what you're thinking about this or, or you say you're thinking about this because it's just so much about digging into your own honesty and making sure that it comes up front up front in the conversation. If you have the wherewithal to note that change and preview it, you're being really honest with the person. I see we're not talking about uh, medication delivery now. We're really talking about how we both see the world here, you know, about our own reactions to this. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that's that's a great preview if you, you know, have the courage to go there. 
which I think you should have as a debriefer. So this brings up the question, like, is it fair of me to let my personal, uh, like the internal conflict that I would be having around relationships to let that influence the intent of the discussion. Like everything in life, you could carry it to extremes and talk about your childhood being being picked on <laughs> in third grade. But uh, <laughs> but but I I think uh, you know I think when the conversation is difficult and it isn't about a, an important uh, you know clinical issue or behavioral issue in a simulation, I think it can be worthwhile to talk about your own vulnerability judiciously. And and so mm -hmm. I think that's the key here is to, you know, kind of, it's the art of it, knowing, knowing when to go there and when not to. And I, yeah. I think, I think being in touch with your, with your own vulnerability and your own feelings at the same time, reading from the person you're talking to and the group that you're working with, what their vulnerabilities are and how close to the surface they are, how personal they are. I think that requires a lot of judgment. This is so interesting. The reason is because when I'm in interprofessional debriefings, like if I was in a clinical, you know, more focused on, on uh, algorithm behavior and actions, if there is a negative emotion that I sense in a learner, I will redirect them to the objectives of that case and of the debriefing and steer away from it. If it's an interprofessional debriefing and we're brought together to learn how to work together, I will entertain that as a way to model having difficult conversations. And so perhaps that is my kind of litmus to know when I should disclose my own vulnerability. Um, and maybe it is fair because it, it serves a learning purpose. That, that's such a great point. You know, your goals are part of your frame. And if your goals are about interprofessionalism, it sure seems appropriate to bring up those emotions that interprofessionalism generates. All right. Thanks, Dan. I'm going to keep that in mind yeah, uh, as I go into yeah. debriefing. I'll let you know how it goes. Uh, always interesting <laughs> to talk to you and uh, uh, get to these you kinds too. of depths. Uh, take care. All right. Bye. DJ Simulationistas, what's up? Is brought to you by the Center for Medical Simulation. Find out more about CMS and learn about our simulation instructor training and course offerings at www.harvardmedsim.org. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.